Listen, we're, we're a church. We're trying to start this new culture of bringing a Bible to church, right? So if you are a Christian um, and your phone is your Bible, that's awesome. But man, what I would hate is that you have to rebuke a demon and then a tweet pops up on your phone. I would hate for that to happen because then you got to like swipe it and it's a, it's a terrible situation going on. Just kidding, guys, by the way. Just kidding. But make sure you bring a paper Bible. Who has a paper Bible? Raise it in the air like you just do care. Come on. There we go. Awesome. Listen, next week, bring your paper. Hey, it's something about opening up a physical Bible and, like, highlighting it, putting notes. and It's awesome. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read the book of Psalms, chapter 91. I'm going from verses 1 all the way to 16. These verses will not be on the screen, so please lean into the person next to you if you want to follow along. That's the book of Psalms, chapter 91, verses 1 through 16. So listen, next Tuesday, uh, by the way, don't come alone. Bring some friends to church next Tuesday. Amen? Come on. We, we want to see some more people saved. We want to see some more people giving their lives to Jesus. Um, a lot of us ask, God, I need purpose. God, give me purpose. And the exact place that God has placed you around people who don't know him is exactly your mission field and your purpose. Come on, somebody. God's giving you purpose. He's giving you friends that don't know him. Book of Psalms, chapter 91, verses 1 through 13. You guys ready? says this, this is a bunch of promises happening in these verses. A bunch of promises. So God does for you. This is who your God is. What I believe is that these verses should reveal to you how much God loves you. How much he's for you. Let's read together. It says in the book of Psalms, chapter 91, verses 1 through 13. You who sit down in the high God's presence, spend the night in Shaddai's shadow. By the way, I'm reading for the message version. This is slightly different than yours. You say this, God, you're my refuge. I trust in you and I'm safe. That's right. He rescues you from hidden traps. Somebody say hidden traps. Somebody say hidden traps. He shields you from deadly hazards. His huge outstretched arms protect you. Under them, you're perfectly safe. Woohoo! Some of you guys need safety. What you really need is God over your life. His arms fend off all harm. Fear nothing. Somebody say nothing. Not wild wolves in the night. Not flying arrows in the day, not disease that prowls through the darkness, not disaster that erupts at high noon. Even those others all around drop like flies right and left. No harm will even graze you. You'll stand untouched. Watch it all from a distance. Watch the wicked turn into corpses. Yes, because God's your refuge. The high God, your very own home. I love this. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they will catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. That is God's promise over your life. He wants to protect you. He wants to guard you. He wants to keep you. But then verse 14 comes. We read that. All that God wants to do. My refuge, my hiding place. There's no fear. A lot of Christians right here, they close the Bible. They want the promises of God, but they don't want the sacrifice it takes to receive the promise. They want all the good stuff, but they don't actually live it all out. And I love verse 14. This is God's commandment to you. This is how I work. This is how I operate for my children. I protect you. I keep you safe. I send my angels on your behalf. I'm interceding for you. The Spirit intercedes for you. 
That's what God wants to do. But in verse 14, he gives you something. He gives you, it's clear as day. Verse 14, it says, if you hold on. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So everything we just read hinges on an if. Everything we just read, God protecting you, God guiding you, God keeping you, God keeping you away from harm. Literally putting his arm around you and stopping you from walking over cliffs, walking into your death. Walking into temptation that will kill you. Walking into the sin that might literally destroy your life. Might destroy your relationships. God is defending you. He's keeping you. And then he says, if. If. I say this to you, new birth young adults. If. Verse 14. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know and trust me. My God, call me and I'll answer. I'll be at your side in bad times. I'll rescue you, then throw you a party. I love the message translation. Then throw you a party. I'll give you a long life. I'll give you a long drink of salvation. That's the promise of God over your life. But I love how everything hinges on an if you would just hold on to me for dear life. Title of tonight's talk, I want you to write it down. We're all taking notes tonight. Somebody say, hold on. That's the title of tonight's talk, hold on. You see, many of us were waiting for a miracle, but what if the miracle is that you held on your entire life? A lot of us are waiting for a blessing, but what if the story of your life is that you were just consistent enough to hold on to the things of God, to hold on for dear life? I mean, like really grip on to the arm of God and through thick and thin, through hell and high water, you have made the decision that you're going to hold on, that you're going to stay committed, that you're going to stay in church, that you're going to stay in love with Jesus, that you're going to continue to pursue God in mountains and even in valleys, you got to make that decision because that if hinges on your ability to reach. It, it hinges on your ability to hold on to God. Maybe what will turn your situation around is your ability to hold on. Some of us, we want the blessing of Christians, but don't want the, the sacrifice of holding on. And God is saying, listen, all these things I want to give to you, all these things I offer you, but you just got to hold on. You just got to keep your hands on me. You just got to keep both hands in the, come on, you got to stay in the mud. You got to stay in the mix. You got to stay in church. You got to stay in the word. You got to stay in my house. It hinges on your ability to hold on to God. With God in your grip, nothing can replace him. That's my first point tonight. With God in your grip, nothing can replace him. Somebody shout amen tonight. Nothing can replace him with God in your grip. You see, the reason why things replace God's place in our lives is because we have one hand on God and one hand on something else. The reason why God is even in a battle with some things in our lives is because we've built up idols, we've built up things, we've built up situations and people, and we begin to bow down to them as well as to bow down to God. So we have this Friday bowing and this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday bowing, and we have this uneven, this unequal yoke in our hearts. But the truth is, is that when you fully grip onto God, nothing can replace him. Because the only thing in your hands is the things of God. The only thing in your sight is who God is. And if I have full hands on God, I'm not holding on to anything else. This is what God does for you. Let's read Psalms 91. Let's read the part that says hidden traps. Hidden traps. Psalm 91 says, that's right. He rescues you from hidden traps. He shields you from deadly hazards. You ever seen those movies where, like, they're in the forest and there's the Indians and they're, like, setting all these traps, right? You see, like, a, 
like a pile of bushes and there's actually a net under it and you step in it and the dude like gets flinged upside down. Maybe you've ever seen movies like that, right? Like everything's like a trap in the jungle. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. It's really cool. I want to do that one day. Right? Some of us are walking in life. There's all these traps. And God promises to keep you and rescue you from traps you can see and traps you can't even see. We got to stop thanking God for everything we can see him doing and have the ability to thank God for all the things we don't even see him doing. He's working on your behalf. He's guiding you from traps you're about to step into. You're about to step into the worst moment of your life and God just escapes you from it. You're about to step into something that just might kill you. You've literally dealt with the devil in this area and you're about to go a little further. You got to push it a little longer. You're about to go deeper into that sin, deeper into that hole and God rescued you and he pulled you out and now you're able to have sane ideas and thoughts and worship God with everything you have. He's rescued you from hidden traps and he shielded you from deadly hazards. But then he says, listen, if you would just hold on to me, if you would just hold on to me, if you would just keep me in your sights, if you would just continue to reach and push on, push through the adversity, push through the awkwardness. Can I tell you, worship is about pushing through. You come in with all these preconceived ideas of God and worship and Christian karaoke, and you're like, what's going on in here? And then out of nowhere, you feel this thing erupting inside of you to open up your mouth, to open up your heart, to lift your hands up. Man, a lot of what worship is is pushing through. Can I tell you a lot of what prayer is is you just pushing through? When you want to think about other things, when you want to go on your phone, when you want to watch Netflix, when you want to sleep, when you want to eat, and your spirit is inside of you saying, continue to seek him, continue to pray. A lot of prayer life is you just pushing forward. And reaching out, a lot of you guys come up, we're struggling with giving. Sometimes we, we say, God, I want to give you everything in my life except for my finances. And God is saying, listen, I cannot put something in your hand if you're still holding on to what I gave you yesterday. I can't overflow in your life. I can't press down, shake it together, and run over the things that you're not giving to me. But it's until we reach out and we push through adversity. It's when we, when we reach out to God that we let go of these other things. It's when, it's when we reach out to God, come on, with everything we have, with all of our focus, with all of our energy, with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our souls, all of our strength. We're giving it completely to God. Come on, give your schedule back to God. Give your life back to God. Give your relationships back to God. And you will see God work in your life. You will see that thousands may fall to your left, thousands may fall to your right, but you're still skinning the game. You're still moving forward. You still got sanity. You still got joy y'all here tonight come on a lot of the christian life is just holding on i've been in church all my life i was basically basically born on the altar and can i tell you a lot of people fade away because they lose their ability to hold on two hands on jesus one hand in the world two hands on jesus one hand in the world one hand on Jesus, one hand on the world. Then it turns to two hands in the world and two hands to God only on one day a week. And then it turns us to every day holding on to the things of the world. And God it says, I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to keep you. I'm trying to bless you if you hold on. You know that holiness translated as consistency? You know you're holy the most when you're the most consistent? You know you're holy when you continue to reach on days you feel like it and on days you don't feel like it. Come on, God, I love you, and I have made a decision to reach my hands out to you. I've made that decision. Somebody say, hold on. This is your God. This is who he is. Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 to 6. He says, listen, no other gods before me. No other gods. 
Not, not one other God. Book of Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 to 6. No other gods, only me. No carved gods of any size, shape, or form of anything, whatever. Whether things that fly or walk or swim, don't bow down to them. Don't serve them because I am your God. Your God and I am the most jealous. I'm jealous for you. I want you so, I want your attention. You ever met someone who's jealous? Shout out to your ex. I had to do it. You ever met a jealous person? So you guys are right next to them. Do not hit them. No, 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 no. Don't like their pictures. No, 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 no. Don't, 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 don't text them back. No, 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 no. I want all of you. I want all your attention. I want all your love. I, don't talk to them. I just want you, God is jealous for you. Every time you walk back to that sin, God is jealous for you. Every time you walk away from the things of the Lord, he's jealous for you. When you take a weekend off from church, he's jealous for you. When you take a vacation away from God, he's jealous for you. He wants you. He, he, he leans after you. You go to sleep, he's looking at you. You wake up, he's with you. He's calling on you. Reach out to me. I'm jealous for you. Don't raise up any statues before me. They can't give you what I can give you. It's disrespectful you brought up this thing next to me. How would you raise up something? These wells you'll keep coming to for water and water and water. One sip of me, you'll never grow thirsty again. Keep your hands on me. That's the promise of God in your life. That you would just keep your hands on me. That you would just continue to reach out for me. That you would just continue to live a life of just reaching of holiness and consistency. Hebrews chapter, I'm sorry, I don't want to rush it. I don't want to rush it. My second point tonight is this. With God in your grip, sin never wins. You guys here tonight? Some of you guys are battling sin. You have this fight with sin. But the truth is, is that the fight is over when your hands are gripping on Jesus. The fight is already won when your hands are gripping on Jesus. Some of you guys have this battle with sin and you're losing and you're losing. You need to realize what Jesus done. He defeated sin. He defeated shame. He defeated guilt. It's already lost. But the thing is, we're trying to, we're trying to win still holding on to things that are lost. We're trying to win holding on to defeat. And we're holding on to it. And we're holding on to it. Your sin will run you to death. Your sin will take all of your money. Your sin will take all of your attention. Your sin will take all of your youth, all of your health, all of your life, all of your sanity. It will disrupt the way you see women. It will disrupt the way you see men. It will kill you. It will distort you. Your marriage isn't better because of sin. It's worse. Your life isn't better because of sin. It's worse. Although there's a moment of pleasure, it will distort your life. It will eventually kill you. Sin leads to death. And as we visit death, we can't wish for life if we're holding on to death when your grip is on God sin never wins never wins it's not a competition sin versus Jesus Jesus already defeated sin he already beat sin he already beat the devil he has the keys to hell devil doesn't even have the keys to his own house he took the keys Proverbs chapter 24 verses 15 to 17 says do not lurk like a thief near the house of the righteous. Do not plunder their dwelling place. Stop trying to sneak into my house. Verse 16. For though the, that was a bad joke. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Righteous, righteous, righteous. To be righteous. The Bible talks about righteousness. We shall seek after righteousness. God, God is our righteousness, right? We're, we're righteous before the sight of God. We can walk 
without fear and trembling, but we can walk with boldness and confidence into the most high dwelling place. And we trust that what Jesus did for us is enough, that we can come to God with our sins forgiven and we can lift up holy and righteous hands before him. The Bible says that when we pray, God listens to the prayers of the righteous, the righteous. The Bible's always talking about righteousness, but here's the truth. This verse should change your theology. It should change the way you think about God, the way you think he acts and works. Because the truth is, is that righteous people, keep it up, keep the verse up, righteous people, they fall seven times and they stand up. You thought righteousness was not falling. Righteousness is not staying on the floor. You thought righteousness was, I'm never going to fall. That's righteousness. No, righteousness is not staying down. Righteousness is standing back up. Can I encourage you? If you fell, if you sinned seven times today, you still qualify to be righteous. You still qualify. You just got to stand back up. You just got to stand up and keep reaching. And just keep holding on. And just keep moving forward. We get discouraged when we fall down. No, no, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to dust my shoulders. I'm going to learn from it, and I'm going to move forward. I'm going to fall. I'm going to stand up back again. I'm going to dust my shoulders off because I don't deserve to be dead. I deserve to live alive. Walking forward. If you fall seven times today, you still qualify to be a righteous man, according to the Bible. Righteousness is you standing back up. And God says, listen, just hold on to me. You don't know how many things are already checked off, how many blessings are already coming your way, how much protection is already on your way when you just live a life of consistency, just holding on to me, just holding on to me. I will not let sin keep me down, but I know that I've fallen. I still qualify to be righteous. The truth is, the truth is that I need to learn how to rise up more. I need to learn how to stand up more. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus. Jesus reconciled us with the Father. We were once enemies with God because of sin and destruction. Because of sin and shame. We were once enemies. But God stepped in and he sent his son so that we can be reconciled with the Father. That we can have a conversation with him. That we can come into the holies of holies. When Jesus died on the cross in the temple, the veil split in half. What was that? That was symbolic. Because the veil used to separate man from the holies of holies. It used to separate us from the place that only one man can enter a year. And when Jesus died and the veil tore, what did he say? Listen, all are welcome to the presence. All who love me, all who receive me, all who want this grace and want this love and future, you now have a way to the Father. We believe and trust in what God did for us. We believe and trust in Jesus. I think, I think failure, failure kills a lot of Christians because we fail and we stay down. We fail and we move backwards, but I want to be the type of righteous man that keeps standing up. I want to use my failures to fall forward. I want to use my failures to fall forward. I'm not going to fail backwards. I'm going to fail forwards. Woohoo! I heard someone say this this week. He said, success barely grows you. What really grows you is failure. Failure grows you more than success. Success happens. You're like, I don't know how it happens. Failure, you know what you got to work on. You know what you got to bring God to. You right? Fail forward. Somebody say fail forward. You got to fail forward. You got you to fall down and you got to say, I I'm going to stand up from here. No more laying down on my sin. No more laying down on my regret. I'm going to ask God for repentance for what I've done. I'm going to come with God with confession of my sins. And I'm asking, Lord, forgive me. I will repent. Repent is a church word for turn away. I was walking east, but now I'm walking to the west. West side. Third point tonight. 
I put jokes randomly in my sermons, guys. With God in your grip, you'll grow maturity. Ooh, that was for somebody. With God in your grip, you will grow more mature. With God in your grip, you will grow maturity. You see, there's a, there's a saying in church. It's called baby Christians. Baby Christians are, are people that get saved recently. Listen, we are a church for baby Christians. Come on, somebody. We love you. And, and there is no baby Christian in our church. We're all just Christians. Amen? We all in our own process. We're all, we all need grace. We all, we all need it. Amen? But the truth is, is that some of us, we, we've, been, we've been years in the game. We've been, we've been following God for more than three months, more than four months, more than six months, more than a year, more than two years, more than three, three years. And, and we're still kind of dealing with the same stuff. We're still kind of visiting the same stuff. We're still kind of falling in the same areas and falling in the same areas. And, and it feels like we have info, but we're not actually growing. We have information, but we're not actually applying it. And the truth is, is that in the life of a believer, you begin to grow when you reach in all seasons of life. You begin to grow mature when you reach and you grip in every single moment of life. You grip onto God. You hold on to God. I love what James said. It's not on the screens. But in the book of James chapter 1, write this verse down. Keep it for you whenever you need it. James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. I want you to write it down and read it later. It says, consider it pure joy. Somebody say pure joy. James says, listen, consider it joy. Joy is amazing. Joy keeps me up. Joy keeps my spirits awake. Joy is just, we all need a little bit more joy in our lives. Amen? The joy of the Lord is on you. It says, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter trials. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So consider it joy when I'm going through a trial. Consider it joy when I'm living life and I've come upon something that I'm stumbling on and I'm coming upon a test and I'm coming upon a trial and I don't know how to move forward. And, and James says, listen, consider it joy that you're in that situation. Many kinds of trials, verse 3, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Verse 4, allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything picture that's a slang way of saying picture you want to take a picture allow perseverance to finish its work allow perseverance to finish its work a lot of us have iPhones the most annoying thing to me was when I wake up and my phone's not on 100% my day's off <laughs> you ever woke up on 1% oh my gosh it's a bad day you got to plug in it. You got to keep it in long enough so that the charging finishes work. Some of us, we're exiting in moments of trials and tests, and God's like, this is all unfinished business. This is all unfinished business. You came, you came into conflict with somebody from church, and you ran away from church. That's unfinished business. You need to confront them. You need to talk about it. You need to settle it and grow a relation again. That's living a Christian life. A lot of us don't let things finish. We, we, we quit. We walk out. We exit. When, thing gets, when things get tough, we let go of God. When a trial comes, we let go of God. Oh, man, God, you can't be real. You can't be still working. How did this happen? How did my best friend fall into this? How did my family fall into this? How did I fall into this? How did I even go through this? And the truth is, is that God doesn't keep anything from happening to you. God allows you to, to go through some things. God allows you to go through mountaintops and through some valleys. But the truth is, is that valleys are only called for you to walk through. And valleys will make you much more of a wise person. 
do you have the mentality that says, listen, in all seasons, God wants to work. In all moments, God wants to build me. You see, in moments that, that we're kind of not being tested, those are amazing moments. But, but James is saying, listen, consider it joy that you're being tested because that produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work that you may be lacking nothing and that you may be mature in the sight of God. Maturity happens when we continue to hold on to God. Maturity happens in every moment, in every season. We have made the conscious decision to say, no matter what, God, I'm holding on. Can I tell you what's going to change your life is you holding on to the things of the Lord. Through every season, when your friends walk away from church, will you still stay with God? Is this a phase? Is this a fad? Is this something that's just coming and going? Are you, are you consistent to the things of the Lord? Evil can't get close to you. Book of Psalms. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. Verse 14. If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, I will get you out of any trouble. I will give you the best of care if you'll only get to know and trust me. Call me and I will answer. I'll be at your side in bad times. I will rescue you and then throw you a party. I love the message translation. I'll give you a long life and I'll give you a long drink of salvation. If only you'll just hold on. If only you'll just hold on. And BYA, how many of you guys are committing to holding on to Jesus no matter what? I want to see your hands tonight. How many of you guys are committing to holding on to Jesus in this place?